0: And welcome to Rich is not a four letter word, the podcast for your wallet. I'm Jerry Willis with the Fox Business Network. Hey you investors out there, you stock investors, are you just ever so slightly nervous? The past two weeks have been, well, something of a nightmare. Up 500 points one day, down 500 the next. What do you do when markets whipsaw? Is that nine-year-old bull market, is it dead? What should you do next? Here to help answer those questions is Lindsay Bell of CFRA. She is an investment strategist helping to determine asset allocation, sector weighting. She's a smart cookie. Lindsay has also worked as an equity analyst and investment banker. Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jerry. So before we get started, friend, I just want to clarify where we are right now in the markets. You know, we saw selling, heavy selling recently. Are we in a pullback? Does the nine-year-old bull market live?
1: What's going on? Yeah, we're in a pullback. And, you know, this is this is standard course of business. My colleague Sam Snowball will tell you, you know, since World War II, a pullback, which is between five and 9.9% decline from the peak in the market occurs every nine months. Uh, Would you even see corrections, which is a deeper pullback, which is 10? You see the market come down 10% to 19.9%. Um, those happen every two years. We saw one. We saw a pullback earlier this year. We almost got to that correction mode in February, um, but you know this is a normal course of business. This is the second time this year we're seeing it, and um, it's it, it's just regular, normal course of business.
0: Normal course of business, but do you expect it to deepen? Will we be looking at a bear market here?
1: You know, I think bear markets are usually caused by recessions in the economy, and that's exactly what you're not seeing at this point in time. We have strong economic data. Um, jobless claims uh, have been solid. You, you see the JOLTS report um, more recently hitting a new all-time high. Um, unemployment at, you know, decades. Let me low. interrupt
0: you here. So the JOLTS report, which I think people will want to know about, this measures the number of jobs out there on offer against the number of people who want to have jobs, right? And there are 900,000, nearly a million jobs more than people who are looking for them. This is completely unprecedented. This is an incredible positive signal. Yes.
1: Yes, it's a it's a really good signal, especially for consumers. This means that wages are going to have to go up and we've started to see a little bit of a tick up in wage growth uh, this year, but we're still under 3%. Um, And this is an economy that is strong enough to handle wage growth of more than 3%. And certainly consumers are going to, they feel confident now, but they'll feel even more confident if they see their paychecks going up. And that bodes well for the economy because the economy, as we know, is two-thirds consumer
0: consumer spending. spending. Yeah, I think anybody with a job out there is glad to hear about rising wages, because they've been held down so long. Another question I think that people have out there is, is the tech boom over for at least two years? Those so-called FANG stocks, the Facebook, Alphabet, Netflix, Google, all those tech stocks have really driven the markets. Uh, is, is this over? Uh, are we done? I know we just got a positive report from Netflix, but what's going on in technology? Is it possible for these companies to sustain this kind of high growth forever?
1: Um, you know, I don't think the tech boom is done. I think that um, it did need to, you know, take a break here. The valuations got pretty stretched um, at over 19 times um, on a forward PE basis. Uh, we pulled back to just over 17 times here um, in the in the recent move in the market. Um, these these like you you've said these have been. The high flyer is the leader of the market um, for some time now. Um, they're taking a breather, but we think that these are companies where the growth is going to remain the highest. Um, and because of that, we expect investors to continue to favor um, these stocks over some of the others in the, in the index because they are reliable with with regards to their growth prospects. Netflix earnings came out last night. It was much better than anticipated. We think maybe the pullback and the reset in this industry has has perhaps been overdone. Um, And I think that with the Netflix earnings report, um, investors should probably get a little more comfortable with what we're going to see from Fang for the remainder of this third quarter earnings period. Um, It should be a quite good one for the earnings or for the tech sector overall, we believe.
0: You know, it's interesting because I love to believe that story. And I know a lot of investors, you know, have their money on that side of the equation. But at the same time, there are a lot of people saying that professional investors will eventually eventually rotate into another sector in the market, whether that be value, which has been held down for so long. These are stocks that are underpriced given their potential earnings. Do you see value ever catching fire again?
1: Well, we have seen um, more recently investors kind of rotate back into that um, value mix of things, which can be anything from healthcare companies to to some of the energy companies, consumer staples, um, for an example, industrials also for an example. Um, but historically, you do see in any given year a rotation between growth and value. And I think more recently, it's been getting um, more uh, media attention because growth, which is mostly technology and mostly things, have done so well for so long and is, is finally seeing a pullback and you're starting to see the rotation in the value. It's catching people's attention. Um, you know, it, it's nice to see a rotation over time because that helps support um, the market and help push it, you know, higher over time. I believe, um, but you know, we we kind of are on the side of growth for you know at least um, the next year or so.
0: And that means watching for opportunities to get into the market if you're still wanting to put money to work. Uh, I've got to ask you about the bond side of the equation. What's the sweet spot? Of the sweet spot of the yield curve for uh, small investors? Uh, do you buy long? Do you buy short? Treasuries? Where do you go?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that you know the best place to go is the short end of um, the yield curve, just because the Fed is you know on their rate hiking path, um, and we'll get um, we get uh, word from them soon soon about um, their the minutes from the last meeting. Um, but while they are as while they are raising rates, uh, it's better to be on the short end of the curve because there's a risk at the long end of the curve, um, as rates move up. So we prefer to be at the short end of the curve. Um, treasury is, you know, the, uh, the safest place to be and the yields Uh, you got the 10 year over 3% um, are starting to look pretty attractive.
0: But so help my uh, listeners out and me, if you would, Lindsay, what does that mean? If you're a small investor, what exactly are you buying?
1: You're, you're buying a risk-free asset. Um, you know, Treasury bonds are backed by the U.S. government. Um, So the likelihood of you not getting your money back uh, is very low, and you're guaranteed that uh, interest rate of return every year. Uh, So that is viewed positively. And usually what you do is you compare that to um, the dividend yield you're going to get on uh, the S&P 500. Right now the dividend yield on the S&P 500 is 2%. Usually, you see a lot of investors rotate into um, into bonds um, or the fixed income market in general when you get um, yields that are about two percentage points above the yield on the S&P 500. So anything once you're at four are we there points, now? Um, we're, we're approaching uh, that level, but we're not quite there. Like I said, the, uh, you got to watch the 10-year, really, um, over, over 3%. Um, is starting to look a little bit attractive, especially to maybe investors that um, are going to retire sooner rather than later, you know, especially if you're concerned that this bull market may be coming to, closer to an end. Um, this is definitely an option that would be uh, under consideration for an investor like that.
0: How long does a bull market usually last? You know, I'm thinking this thing's got to be getting up there. And as a matter of fact, I think it's older than any other bull market in stock market history. How much longer can it go?
1: Yeah, this is uh, the longest bull market uh, in history so far. Um, So that, I think, in and of itself has a lot of investors worried. But at the same time, I think that we're in a different economic environment now than we ever have been, there's certainly things to keep your eye on, like the yield curve. Um, a yield curve, when we when we talk about the yield curve, people define it different ways, but I think the most standard definition and the one that we talk about is the difference between um, the 10-year Treasury less the two-year Treasury yield. Um, so the difference between those two is what we refer to as the yield curve. The yield curve has gotten pretty flat, but Seemingly, has stabilized in, in recent weeks. Um, an inversion of the yield curve could signal a bear market coming. Um, a sharp sure. decline in consumer confidence is another. Um,
0: and what's the danger signal with that?
1: When it, when the two year the interest rate on the two year Treasury is higher than that on the ten year, that's when we have a problem. Um, yeah, that's that brutal. Means,
0: so that means that you're being paid more to hold your money short term than long term, right? Did I get that right?
1: Exactly. And it indicates that economic growth um, is probably going to slow. that inflation is going to be a concern. And, and at that rate, banks, it doesn't, it, it's not profitable for banks to lend money out. So it kind of just ceases liquidity. It feeds on itself, right? Yeah.
0: Exactly. Let me ask you this, though, because I know there's a lot of people in the marketplace talk about a end of 2019 recession, possibly. But I don't there's not a fundamental indicator I see that's negative right now. You mentioned the jolts number, the jobs number, Uh, all around the job uh, market. It's looking very positive. Earnings growth is on fire, 21, 22 percent this quarter. Um, Consumers, you know, upbeat, small business enthusiasm over the top. Where's the negative that's going to bring this all crashing down unless it's the Federal Reserve?
1: Right, I think the Federal Reserve is the biggest risk here. Um, you know, you do see, and I see a, a lot of strong fundamentals um, in the economic environment, but the housing um, sector as well as the auto sector are two areas where um, you're seeing weakness, and that is related to the Fed and interest rates that are going up. And the housing market's been weak for some time, um, but that higher mortgage rates are really going to um, impact the ability for for a comeback there. There are some secular issues, too, with regards to labor and uh, land um, and even lumber concerns um, also impacting that market. So it's a little bit different this time around, I suppose. Um, but those are two areas of weakness that we would be watching. And the, the Fed, you know, the, the new chairman, uh, Jerome Powell, is seemingly dead set on, on his interest rate increase path one more time in December, um, three more times next year.
0: Why wouldn't you, um, why wouldn't you slow down here and, and get a sense of what impact your rates are having on, on you know, both the economy and the stock market together? I mean, it seems to me like a pause would refresh here.
1: I agree with you, Jerry. <laughs> um, I would just say that, you know, I think that the Fed, they're looking at a market that has endured very low interest rates for such a long period of time. They themselves, you know, they're very data-dependent, and, you know, maybe they're looking at some of some areas that they're seeing a little bit of, um, you know, weakness or unsteady, um, unsteadiness and they're kind of considering, you know, they need to be ready for if and when the, the um, economy does slow down, they need to be able to stimulate it. Um, and so I think that's their biggest focus is to get interest rates back to what they call a normalized rate, which, you know, hasn't they haven't fully defined yet, um, though we have seen in the past that usually you see um, a normal uh, rate at... Uh, at what what would be you usually see? Uh, you look at inflation and CPI um, will usually be uh, it's 1.3 percentage points over CPI. So we're right now below that, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the, the Fed is the biggest wild card here. It, it, I think would be behoove them to take a breather, especially as you've seen the move in interest rates. The right. market right now is looking at things and trying to. Um, I think really the the market to me seems a little bit confused about um, the changing environment that we're operating in. We're beginning to operate in a higher interest rate environment. Um, you you see inflation seems to be um, under control, which would suggest that you don't need to raise rates at this point in time um, as as swiftly as the Fed seems to be um, going. And uh, I think just you know, a pause would would be beneficial to all market participants at this point in time. Um, but we'll see what happens in December. Is
0: there is there any time in sort of our economic history that that right now reminds you of if you when you look back at uh, at what's going on? Do you say, oh, this is exactly like what year?
1: <laughs> um, I mean, I guess there's um, a couple different periods that you can look back on. Um, you know, the, the late 90s, for example, when rates were going up. Um, but I don't know. I think that you have to look at each instance in and of itself. Right, right. Know? Do because do every-
0: stocks have to go down if interest rates go
1: up? Um, you know, they don't have to. I mean, look, interest rates have been going up since 2016. Uh, that's when the, the uh, 10-year bottomed at like 1.19%. And they've been moving up since then, and so has the stock market. So um, I don't know. I, I don't think that that you need to, to, both to be moving in opposite directions. Um, but it has to be done in an orderly way fashion is the the thing.
0: Hmm. So if you could leave our uh, listeners with a couple of words of wisdom before you go, tell me what they would be. What do people need to be focused on right now?
1: Um, I think focus on the fundamentals. The third quarter earnings season is going to be important because um, there's a lot of uncertainty about what um, 2019 holds. And... To the extent that CEOs and executives can be confident on their conference calls about the future of their businesses and and um, their commitment to investing in not only their um, you know capital spending um, and capital outlays but also their people and their employees and and wages, um, I think that will be important. Um, I also you know would say that uh, your listeners don't panic um, when we have a few days like like we did last week. Um, you know it's it's, it's Better to be calm than reactionary, because mm-hmm. more often than not, we come back um, from periods like like what we have seen, and we come back pretty quickly. Um, and you know, we're going into the midterm elections, and the the market has done very well um, once we get past those those elections in every year. That, that we've is interesting.
0: That's actually a real stat, right? The market typically yeah. is up a year after. Um any election or just a primary?
1: Uh, the the um, midterm.
0: The midterm. Any, yeah, any the mid-term after election. any. Mid- well, I love that news. Let's let's stick with that. I like that theme. Um, Lindsay, thanks for coming on. It's always great to talk to you. You're so smart. So smart. <laughs> thanks for just having me. Just trying to keep up with you, sister. Thank you so much for being on. OK, you got it. Hi, I'm Jerry Willis from the Fox Business Network and host of the podcast. Rich is not a four letter word volatility. That's what we've got in the stock market these days. And whether you're an active investor in stocks or simply a set it and forget it 401k holder, you need to understand what to expect. Fortunately, we have Lindsay Bell, CFRA investment strategist. She's here to talk about what you need to do during these volatile times. Navigating rocky markets can be frightening, but as Lindsay will show, a little information can make the trip easier. Here are the takeaways. Understand the insider market talk. It's really not that hard. A pullback is a market decline of 5% to 9.9%. Pullbacks are common, happening once every nine months, and recovering takes a mere one and a half months. According to CFRA, we've had 56 bull market pullbacks since World War II. A correction is a pullback of 10% to 19.9%. A bear market is a decline of 20% from highs. Now, Lindsay says a bear market is usually caused by the economy falling into recession. And she says that doesn't appear to be in the cards. Not now, anyway. Stay faithful to tech. According to Lindsay, technology stocks still have the best growth potential among major stock sectors. Even though the so-called FANG stocks, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, and Google have led the markets for some time now, their fortunes are more secure long-term because their fundamentals are sound. The biggest threat to the market... Lindsay says it's the Federal Reserve and higher interest rates the Fed is on target for at least one more rate hike this year and Lindsay says that overdoing the rate hikes to ring inflation out of the economy is the biggest potential problem for markets higher rates clip stock performance as companies face higher operating costs take a listen to the podcast and follow me on Twitter at Jerry Willis FBN and on Facebook where my handle is Jerry Willis you can also find me on Instagram at Jerry underscore Bottom line, I want to hear from you. What money issues do you want to explore? Tell me and we'll get it on the podcast. Have a great day. And remember, rich is not a four-letter word.
1: Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics and entertainment. Subscribe now on FoxNewsPodcast.com or
0: wherever you download podcasts.